What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of XFL Weekly. Coming at you for week nine. Two weeks left in the season. Uh, I am your one host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by, lovely as always, Zach Cole. What's up, dude? What's going on? It's crazy to think that we are in week nine. Uh, I mean, that, that just kind of blew my mind when you said that there. I Obviously, we've been watching all along, but it's crazy that we're already through eight weeks of the season. Yeah, eight weeks through already. Uh, two weeks remain and then another two for playoffs, and we're on our way. The season is flying by, but at least it's truly spring. I mean, it's been spring, but now the weather, at least where we're at, is warming up and things are looking beautiful outside yeah i was gonna say that that was kind of one of the things i was thinking before we got on here is it's really kind of starting to click and feel like spring football now you know it's been a little cold a little gloomy all the way through but now that we're starting to hit the 70 80 degree weather like you mentioned where we are uh it's really kind of clicking that this is like this is football when there's not supposed to be football you know it's it's making it real like oh there's easter sunday football like exactly all right it's warm out we've got football (laughs) after a little bit of april showers okay good to see it exactly we are xfl weekly here to just chat about anything and everything xfl weekly you can follow us on instagram and twitter at xfl underscore weekly uh or if you're watching us on youtube you can find us on podcast platforms Uh, if you just want to listen to us chat uh, anywhere we are XFL Weekly there. Or if you're listening to us, you can find us on YouTube at XFL Weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I post on YouTube a like every week top plays of the week uh, with the week before. It's really cool to kind of get a quick like bite-sized mm-hmm. snack of all the top plays of the week. And it's really cool. And this past week was jam-packed with the huge plays. So without further ado, Zach, let's chat. Uh... Oh, before we get into what am I talking about? Before we get into the last week, recapping the last week, I do want to mention the playoff picture is starting to really take shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC, the defenders, and Houston Roughnecks both clinched. Our two teams, Zach, they clinched the playoffs. Uh, I think just DC has clinched the the division. Or actually, I don't think they have yet. I think there's still a, a potential. But both have clinched playoff spots. They are at least in the top two of their divisions in the north and the south. And Orlando Guardians and Vegas Vipers are officially out. The Vipers were officially out last week, but the Guardians finally joined them this week. The American dream team of the Orlando Guardians going undefeated <laughs> rest of the season and making it in just collapsed in an instant in, in a great game. Luckily, that was great mm-hmm. to watch, but it was a bit upsetting. We had a lot of high hopes coming after that. Defenders win, but the Gar- Guardians and Vipers officially out. Defenders and Roughnecks, our two teams, officially clinched. It's kind of interesting to to look at, too, because those were the two teams that we thought were the top half and the two teams that we thought were the bottom half. And it's kind of funny to see that we've come this far and, and it stayed the same. You know, we see yeah. the Defenders and the Roughnecks locking their spots. We see the Vipers and the Guardians kind of fading away and, and being eliminated from contention. So, it's interesting because it's not exactly what you always see in these in, in different sports leagues is that teams run the table. But for better or worse, that's what we saw these four teams to do here, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's still two spots up for grabs and that action leads up to this this upcoming mm-hmm. week. There's a lot on the table, especially in 
the one matchup, and we'll get to that. But there, there's a lot on the table this week. A lot can take shape. A lot can be clinched this weekend. And Absolutely. Without further ado, let's get into what week eight looked like this past week. First up, we saw the Vegas Vipers face the Seattle or I see C- STL. <laughs> I always see Seattle. The Hawks. It's just, it's a mess. <laughs> All right. Vegas Vipers faced the St. Louis Battlehawks in St. Louis, and the Battlehawks won 21 to 17 uh, Saturday early afternoon. But we saw our first overtime action in XFL history. This, this revamped new look at overtime rules where it's just the, the, conversions and it's just conversion after conversion and who who makes the most or who kind of comes out on top saw a first first time glimpse it, it first time this happened in this league and it was worth it that was incredible mm-hmm. to see incredible to see just like overtime makes sense was really good to see uh battlehawks won in overtime 21 to 17 and it wouldn't have been without a huge fake punt touchdown to help them get there to help set up the tie. And how gutsy is that? I mean, I guess you kind of have to be gutsy if you're down, but yeah, to, definitely. to go for a fake punt and it goes all the way is huge. Uh, the Vipers did their darndest to play spoiler. Uh, I mean, they brought it all the way to, to overtime, but the, the battle Hawks came away with the win without McCarron, uh, and really hope to kind of clinch this playoff spot. Yeah, it was. I, I checked in on this game. Come, come going back to something you talked about earlier, but I checked in on this game and I was like, "Why? What, what are we doing with the two point conversions?" I completely forgot that that was the the uh, overtime yeah. format in this league. It was so cool to see. Um, I, I mean, uh, for any college football fans, once they get to a certain point in college football, I think it's after like the third possession or something like that. You have to start going for two, and then it. I think after that, then it becomes two point conversions. But this was pretty cool to see it go right to the you know, do or die live action. You got to score, you go home type of type of business. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a blast to watch. Um, Kyle, let me ask you now that we're on this point and it's the first time we've had a chance to talk about it. Do you think the NFL should look into adopting this instead of their current uh, overtime format? I'd really like them to explore it more in depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it kind of, it's cool to see just kind of like a, a best out of three, best out of three mm-hmm. attempts. Uh, you're basically scoring a touchdown in three attempts. And if you can't do that, if the other team does that better than you, 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 you lose. Uh, I think it's a really m- more well-rounded way of playing than just mm-hmm. kind of adding an extra quarter that can be decided sooner than the end of the quarter. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's something they should explore. I think, I love it. I think it could still use a few tweaks, kind of put a little NFL spin. Maybe it's from the 10 yard line. Maybe you get two, two uh, full drives. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think there's tweaking that could be used here, but either way, I think it's, I, I loved it. I think it's an incredible starting point at least. Yeah. I think a couple of the really cool things are it's like kind of penalty kicks in in soccer where it's, it's not one and you're done. Like it's a sudden death type of deal where you get those three opportunities and then it goes into sudden death. I kind of like that because I think that leaves some emphasis on the defensive side of the ball rather than it all just being strictly offensive. You know, if you're, if your defense can buckle down and get a stop, I think that's huge. 
Um, and you mentioned maybe moving it back to the 10. I kind of like it from the five as it stands right now because it leaves a run in the game. You know, yeah, if, if you have a, a fourth and 10 opportunity um, from the 10-yard line, you're probably not ever going to run the ball in that situation. Yeah, you know, it allows you... Derrick Henry to kind of show up and right, be a factor. Right. Exactly. So I, I thought it was I thought it was cool. And like you said, I think it's a great starting point for the NFL to kind of rework um, an antiquated rule that that needs some sort yeah. of remedy. I could picture like a like a two, five and a ten. Like you have to you, those are the three. Almost uh, like we see the, the point conversions after correct. touchdowns. Yeah, correct. But you met you have to make one from the two and then the next one you have to make it on the five and the next one at the ten. Where so you're saying it would go sequentially, not you get to pick. Correct. I think I, I think I'd like to see it go sequentially because then it's just like, all right, can you beat them in the run? Can you beat them in the mid range? And then can yeah. you beat them with the pass? Well, what's funny is if you think about that, like you mentioned Derrick Henry, like the, yeah. the Titans would be money from the two-yard line, yep. you know, where if they're playing, I don't know, say... Or the Eagles. I mean, we saw them pick up right, three right, yards exactly. any given play. And if they're playing, I don't know, the the Colts, I guess, who were missing the run game for half the year, you know, the Colts might not make that two-yard opportunity, but then you go back five yards, and then the Titans become the underdogs, and the Colts yeah. start trying... You, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. I like that. I like that wrinkle into it. Yeah, I think I, there's some. See, like there's something to workshop there. I think there's a little bit. Either way, I think this spin on it is better in my eyes as a football fan than an extra quarter that can be solved or finished in a play. Yeah, it, it was. It, it opens the gates, I think. And, yeah, and it kind of gives us this this world of exploration, much like the kickoffs, much like the extra point rules. It's kind of just opening a discussion, which is which is really what we've talked about. The XFL is for. Yes, absolutely. But either way, Battlehawks come out on top after coming to play in overtime. Shout out to them. Shout out to that fake punt. I'm still not over that fake punt. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it we saw gutsy, it paid off, and it was, we saw some weird things this weekend, and all and over the place. <laughs> that kind of segues me into my into our second game of the weekend here, and I'll touch on that in just a second. But the second game was the Renegades uh, visiting the Guardian Dome to take on the Guardians. The Renegades came out on top, eighteen to sixteen. Um, we saw this was a four and four or uh, a previously three and four team against a one and six team. It wasn't exactly one of the more exciting um, games of the weekend, but still. We expected hey, that the Guardians the time, were going to be two games, two exactly. teams with playoff hopes. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, don't let me sell the Guardians short here, but I mean, they, they fought, you know, they, they hung in this, they ended up losing 18 to 16. Um, Quentin Dormady did a nice job. He threw for over 300 in this game, which is, you know, you got to, got to give him credit. I mean, two interceptions kind of killed him in this game here. Um, and that included three, one three of fumbles. the, yeah, and that includes one of the just weirdest possessions that was ever uh, that I've ever seen, where uh, an interception ended up being thrown, and then it got ripped out, and Orlando ended up with the ball again. It just bizarre, bizarre play, which is kind of what we were talking about before. But it, it really, I think that this is what we expected out of this game. We that keeps the Renegades in the playoff picture firmly in the playoff picture, I might add, um, and that it pushed the Guardians out of the playoff picture and, and eliminated them. So. Moving forward, the Renegades seem to really kind of thrive in this like 18 to 15, 18 to 16 type of environment. You know, they they win games, not by a lot, but they win games right in that teen. And you know what? Part of part of being good at football is knowing your identity and knowing what you do well. And if they play defensive football and just need to put up enough points to win every week, good for them. You know, and they seem to kind of be finding their footing a little bit right at 500. So 
again, this game wrapped up with an 18 to 16 final. The Renegades ended up beating the Guardians. Yeah. I I think this kind of goes to show how good this Renegades defense is that they just play defense and they have in all of their games uh it's you said it it's been their been their identity to just kind of float in the the middle teens uh, on offense or even defense because they're scoring defensively like they did this past weekend but then mm-hmm. just kind of really hoping that they can hold their opposing team uh a little bit below them and they've done it all season and it's kind of been the that been their identity and something that i kind of see them doing I think they're going to make the playoffs, but that's something I see them kind of floating in the playoffs doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Dormady kind of coming away. He had five turnovers, three fumbles, mm-hmm. two interceptions. It's a rough kind of floating down to earth after an incredible week seven. But that that Renegades defense will do it to you. Yeah, definitely. And and just a couple guys to shout out real quick. Um Oh, let me add. Will Clark had two sacks in this game, and uh, Willie Taylor added in another sack, which is just yeah, that's that's really kind of their identity. They're just mean. Um, they they fly around on defense and, and do a great job of it. Uh, not to mention they forced a couple fumbles. And don't let me also sell Luis Perez short. I mean, he yeah. came into this game into a new offense. He didn't really. I don't want to say he was a difference maker, but he kind of controlled the game for the for the Renegades here. Um, he ended up throwing for 190 yards and and just like I said, kind of protected the ball. He did ch- choke up one fumble, but I mean, it, you know, that still that's what you're looking for. You're looking for some stability. So overall, good game for the Renegades. They played to their identity and and won a defensive battle again. Absolutely, and that's all they've done. That's that's it. That's Renegade football, baby. <laughs> All right, uh, looking at the next game here, uh, the Roughnecks played the Brahmas in the Sunday afternoon game. They, the Roughnecks traveled all the way down to San Antonio. And in what gave me a goddamn heart attack, the Roughnecks managed to finally pull out a win, and they beat the Brahmas 17-15. <laughs> um, it, it's been scary, man. It, it's really not been been a great time. But this was another overtime game, which is why another I was overtime. talking about them giving me a heart attack there. And, I mean, the Roughnecks just felt like they were trying to give the game away at the end there. Uh, I mean, uh, we saw Brandon Silvers play the whole game, and then he came out in overtime, and we saw McDonald go in, which which was just a little terrifying. I mean, just uh, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing was scary. <laughs> Long story short. But <laughs> um, on, on at least for um, – the, uh, the Roughnecks, we saw a couple things go right. We saw Borgie kind of get back to form a little bit. Yeah. Um, only 10 rush yards, but, I mean, he he proved his, his Christian McCaffrey comps there with three catches for 49 yards, which was pretty cool. Um, but on the other side of the ball, we saw uh, Jacques Patrick have a pretty good game for the uh, um, for the – uh, the Brahmas here. Uh, I mean, he he rushed the ball pretty effectively. He ran the 16 times for 96 yards and a touchdown um, and even added in a couple catches, four catches for 38 yards. So, you know, it, it was good for the for the Brahmas. We saw some good things, but ultimately the, the Roughnecks ended up holding them off and ended up getting back in the win column, which they sorely, sorely needed after a three game skid. Um uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. I don't think the Brahmas are technically eliminated from playoff correct. contention they are, yet. They still have a shot. I, but again, they're two games behind the Renegades, but they're yeah. split in their head-to-head. So That's it right. just kind of comes to, oh, I had the tiebreakers up, but I think it's like who scores the most, and they're they're close there. It, it's a lot of like 
how tough their opponents have. Right. Been. Well, and of course, we would probably have to see all things being equal. We'd probably have to see the Brahmas win out and the Renegades lose out. Correct. Correct. To put correct. them both at four and six. All right. Yeah. So, so the Ren- I mean, the Brahmas need a little bit of help here. Uh, but I mean, they're still in. They're still technically in the playoff picture, which is which is what you got to hope to be at at this point in the season. So, anything that stuck out to you in this game, Kyle? No, uh, what I just like to see is Jacques Patrick um, continue to get it done on the ground. He's kind of been uh, a late season breakout on yeah. in the rushing game. Uh, he had 96 yards this game, uh, top three in rushing yards now. And I I just like seeing guys break out. And Definitely. that's kind of what I love to see in this league overall. And just seeing him kind of be the guy on the run game for a team that seems to have now an identity on the ground yeah um Mm -hmm. i it's just i just like seeing dudes succeed so shout out to him well and the last thing i'll mention is what's funny is like we talked about the uh the renegades and their score the the promise play the same brand of football like yeah it's when we saw the two of them play i think the one week it was like 18 16 and the next week it was like 17 15 or something like that and they just flipped flipped roles i mean it's it's like these two teams are <laughs> virtually identical and they play the same exact brand yeah. of football. So 12, 10 and then 15, nine. Exactly. Like if, if you're putting up between somewhere between eight and 20 points, you're, you're playing Brahmas and renegades football there. So, you know, the Brahmas were right in the game that they wanted to be in and, and thank God that the, uh, the, the roughnecks were able to pull this one out in the end. So, more power to them. Roughnecks are in the playoffs. We clinched, baby. I'm I'm fired up. <laughs> well, speaking of clinching, the defenders did just that in an insane game Sunday night, mm-hmm. Easter Sunday night against the Sea Dragons. The defenders came out on top, uh, 34 to 33 against the Sea Dragons, brings them to seven and one, clinching a playoff spot while the Sea Dragons fall to five and three, and now have to do a little bit of fighting. Mm-hmm. To kind of make a make a chance at the playoffs, but Zach, this game was insane. Uh, I and it didn't look like it in the first half, but the Seattle Sea Dragons made it a game, and I I think, uh, yeah, there were four touchdowns in the final quarter, <laughs> and, and that's not even the craziest part. So yeah, Seattle came back from being down twenty-two to six, and I say twenty-two to six because DC scored to bring it to 22 to six. Mm-hmm. But then on that point after attempt, the sea dragons returned that like the fumble, they fumbled it and they returned it to get two points uh, on <laughs> defense. So then it became 22 to eight, like all in one touchdown. And from there, then it was, uh, yeah, let's see two or a touchdown from Juwan Green for 46 yards, mm-hmm. which huge play, uh, and then a field goal, and then a touchdown from DC, bringing it to 22 to 28, 18. Then Juwan Green had another huge 56 yard touchdown, and then like a minute later, mm-hmm. Chris Blair has a huge 70 yard touchdown for DC, and it it just it keeps going and then Jacquard Pearson in the final 30 seconds gets a final touchdown to bring it 34-33 and Seattle flubbed their uh two point attempt and that clinched the the W mm. for DC uh that's crazy 
Uh, it just the fact that it became such a nail biter in the final seconds. I love to see it. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the greatest scores came on a point after attempt for Seattle, where it after penalties they ended up taking a twenty or a three point attempt from the twenty five yard line. So they had to score from 25 yards out and they did after it like bobbled in the air off of three guys and it just landed in a Seattle player's hands. It was a crazy game, crazy second half, insane fourth quarter. And it came down all of all four of these games came down to the wire, Mm -hmm. all one possession games, all like final two minute scores. But this one was just cherry on top of a fantastic close weekend. And my my DC defenders clinch a playoff spot, and I love to see it. And what a huge win over a surging Seattle team! Yeah. Too. I mean, Seattle is I, I feel like is the team to beat right now. Even though the defenders had the better record, they were coming off a loss. But holy cow! I mean, the the Sea Dragons were just cooking it. And I mean, for them to stick in this game all the way to the end like that, like they could have packed up their toys when it was twenty two to eight. 22 to 6, 22 to 8, whatever. But they didn't. They, they just kept battling, yeah. kept battling. And, I mean, what a game, seriously. And I think uh, it, I, a shout-out is deserved for the battle between – you mentioned Chris Blair and, on the other side, Juwan Green. I mean, yeah. Blair Blair went for 5, 148 in a touch, and uh, Green went for 7, 142 in two touches. They're like, just – what a fight! I mean, and two guys that we Crazy. haven't really mentioned too awful much this year. We talked about uh, we talked about Gordon and Pearson on on the Sea Dragon side, and uh, we talked about a, a whole variety of different names on the uh, Lucky Jacks, and we've said his name a couple times. Abram before. Smith, Tiamu, Abram, yeah, right, right. But I mean, Chris Blair out of nowhere, like what what a yeah. game! Uh, really awesome, awesome game. It was it was the cherry on top to Easter, like you mentioned. Yeah, it was a, a weekend of just. I think the widest spread of victory this weekend, yeah, five points, and that was an overtime <laughs> win. Everything else was two, two, and one. Unbelievable. Uh, insane weekend. Insane weekend of football on Easter weekend of all weekends. Beautiful. For some football. And, oh, man, it gets me more excited for uh, this week, week 10, the playoffs. Just that week nine. Football. Week nine. Well, yeah, week nine. Well, yeah, week nine, week 10. Oh, you were saying this week, week 10. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies. And just the football yet to come, just because everybody just seems to be rolling, and mm-hmm. it they've got their grooves, and it's it's time to see it all just continue, and things are looking great. Absolutely. All right, Zach. Let's look at week nine. Let's do it. We got a uh, couple good games on the slate here. Kicking us off week nine. Saturday at 1 p.m. on ABC. Big game on ABC. The Vipers at Roughnecks. We've got the Vipers coming in at two and six, out of playoff contention, mm-hmm. facing the five and three Roughnecks, uh, clinched a playoff spot. So overall, uh, very little playoff implications in this game. Mm-hmm. I think at worst the Roughnecks could potentially lose that number one and lose the division if they mm-hmm. lose out, but still they're still in the playoffs. But I I don't see that taking place. I think it's basically if they get one win these next two weeks, they're good. Um, but yeah, Vipers eliminated from playoffs. Roughnecks have already clinched. 
but overall, I think the Roughnecks kind of have to sort some things out on offense. They have mm-hmm. to figure out whether they're sticking with Brandon Silvers like they did for three and a half quarters last week, or if they're going to try McDonald again. Right. Right. Uh, and they got to get get a streak going before the playoffs come around. Yeah, uh, I, you hit the nail on the head. And and for the Roughnecks, I I believe I believe if they win this game, they lock up home field advantage because yeah. they have a head to head win over the Renegades. So I think this this game should do the trick for them. Um, so it, it's a big game for them in that aspect. Vegas has to go to uh, down to Houston. So uh, I'm hoping that that's or over to I don't I don't know in relation. I think it's a down to but they have to go to Houston and, and that's going to that's going to play in Houston's favor, I think. So I, I'm expecting a good week from them and for Vegas. Well, we'll see. They can play spoiler. Sometimes that's that's how teams play best. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Vegas is out to play spoiler Yep, for these next few weeks, uh, but also kind of figure out what they're going to do for next season as well. Absolutely. The uh, the next game that we're looking at here, Kyle, is the Guardians and the Brahmas. Uh, the Guardians sitting at uh, one and seven now yeah. are traveling to San Antonio to take on the uh, the two and six, I believe. Uh, let me make sure I got that right. The two yeah. and six Brahmas. So uh, again, this is a game we we talked about it a little bit earlier. The Brahmas have to win out, so it's kind of you know do or die for them at this point. Um, you know they need to be able to at least climb up into the range of the uh, Renegades who are sitting at four and four. So, and for the Guardians, we talked about it. We mentioned it with the Vipers just now. They, they can play spoiler. They can they can knock a team out of playoffs, which has to feel has to be kind of one of those small victories that you can take away and really feel good about yourselves coming out of that week. So, anything you're looking for in this game? I I hope to see Orlando fall out. I like seeing how that team looks when they're when they're rolling, and I'd like to see San Antonio score more than fifteen points. <laughs> I was to say you you would love to see your boy Jacques Patrick put up some points here, wouldn't you? I would. I'd like to see two touchdowns, and that's not even half of the team's total. And <laughs> I I don't know. I I'm excited. It's I mean, come on, it's Saturday football in yep. April. And, uh, yeah, Brahma's got to win out in hopes of getting a playoff win. But this next game may may play into them potentially not. As the Renegades go into D.C. against the defenders, Renegades need a win. If they win, they they get the playoffs. They Mm -hmm. they clinch. Uh, Renegades are sitting at four and four, and the defenders sitting pretty at seven and one. Uh, Don't need to win. But never hurts to get that extra thousand dollar paycheck. Yep. Uh, this game is at Sunday at two p.m. on ESPN. The Renegades clinch again with the playoff spot and with the win. And this is uh, the lowest scoring offense in Arlington. They're facing the defense that has allowed the least amount of points in DC. So. Uh, I'm not expecting a lot of points, but this is also a team that now has Luis Perez um, on offense. So maybe things start Mm -hmm. to click for Arlington, but who knows? Uh, Arlington, again, loves to live in that 12 to 15 point (laughs) range and could could be a tough battle for this team. Well, and that's going to be the key. Um, real quick before I get into it, I just want to uh, – I think this one's at 12, Kyle. Just – I don't know. Oh, did I see the wrong time zone? Maybe. That's all right. Not a big deal, though. I, I have this one at 12 p.m. So we, we're on the East Coast, just, just oh, so yep, everyone's yep. with me here. But uh, 
yeah, no, I think, uh, again, I think you nailed it. I think that Arlington uh, needs to be able to control D.C. offensively. They need to limit them points-wise. You, you, we've talked about it all show so far. They love to live in that teens point range. So as long as I think Arlington can prevent D.C. from hitting that like magic 20 number, I think they're going to have a chance in this game. And really – with the chance to clinch a playoff spot, eliminate the Brahmas. I, I think that the, I think the renegades could come out and play some really good football. I think maybe they could catch the defenders in a little bit of a, a lackadaisical mood after having clinched already. And who knows, who knows, maybe we'll yeah. see something, something special happen. Yeah. And then final game, game of the week, Zach, this is, I think definitively before it's just like, all right, yeah, this looks good on paper. But I think this is definitively game of the week against the, the with the Sea Dragons sitting at five and three facing the St. Louis Battlehawks at six and two. Uh, it's, and to my brain, it's the two Seattle teams. But <laughs> yeah, the the yeah the the Hawks and the and the Sea. You put them together, you get the Seahawks. It it, it works out. <laughs> the, the, the the subtle Sea Dragons and the subtle Hawks. STLs. STLs. Yeah, but, it, this it, it's amazing how it always seems like we wind up the week with like the game of the week. You know, the the week. XFL did a great job of scheduling and kind of planning their games. I don't know if they did it intentionally. I can't think that they did. I mean, I, I'm guessing, I, I don't know hundred percent. I'm guessing the schedule was set prior to the draft. Yeah. So, I, but I mean, ago. it couldn't have worked out better for them. This is one of the premier matchups between two teams that are duking it out for uh, a single playoff spot at this point. Um, yeah. Both fighting to be that two seed. Well, potentially the one seed, but the two seed in the, uh, the XFL North. So, it really is just a great storyline. And we see, we saw the, the sea dragons finally kind of get knocked off that hot streak that they're on. The battle Hawks have just been consistent through and through six and two, five and three. This is an awesome matchup. I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. And uh, battle Hawks pretty much claim a playoff spot. If they win this game, they kind of maybe not lock up that one or two spot, but they, I think they clinch because then they'll have two games on. Yeah, they win. Winning in, but if the Sea Dragons win, they need to win next week, and I think the Battlehawks need to lose next week in order for the Sea Dragons to make it in. But all very realistic and very possible situations and scenarios, all coming down to this week. I so. I think also if the Sea Dragons win, that puts Seattle and St. Louis both at six and three, which I. Th- think would lock dc into home field advantage yes yeah i think they they would claim that one spot so dc is cheering for saint uh, for seattle for sure they're they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to lock up that uh that that home field advantage the first couple weeks or for the first two yeah, weeks unless, the unless dc unless dc wins this week then it's uh, they've got the two games on st louis anyways yeah so uh just a lot to watch a lot to watch a lot to I watch mean, a lot of good football coming at us Yep, I love some some scenario football, which is definitely what we have here in Week 9. Absolutely. And speaking of Week 9, let's get into our picks. Zach, Uh-oh. I don't know if you've been made aware, but you caught me. Oh! <laughs> you caught me in our in our season-long pick record. I had I had an abysmal week. Uh, I went I went 2 and 6 last week. Uh, that's okay. 
you went an incredible five and three or a pretty good five and three. I should solid, say. solid, and solid. You, you, you caught me. You now have one more win this week, this season than I do. <laughs> um, so shout out to you. Uh, now is my redemption arc. It, it starts right. with these final two weeks. I, I think, you know what I, I told you, I just got to keep one up on you all, all of these weeks. <laughs> and I finally moved one ahead, but I can't tell you how much it would be in character for me to just, Oh, and eight this week tank and just <laughs> lose by seven picks. <laughs> well, let's hope not for, for the viewer's sake. Uh, let's hope that we don't just completely tank this rest of the season. I'm thinking <laughs> from here on out one or two losses from the two of us. I, I would like that. I would like that very much. Then let's get to it. Week nine picks coming at us. We've got game one Vipers at Roughnecks. The Roughnecks are favored at minus six and a half over under set to 43 and a half. I I feel pretty confident about my spread pick on this one. I want the Vipers plus six and a half. The Roughnecks have not done a lot of scoring recently and have not been able to distance themselves from really anyone. And uh, I think the Vipers we saw last week, the Vipers are out for blood. They're looking to looking to hang tough and keep, keep games close. So I think that that plus six and a half is um, is a, a safe bet here. I, I really like it personally. But um, looking at the spread, the over under is at forty three and a half. I'm also gonna go. I think I'm gonna go under here. Um, I, I'm liking a pretty low scoring game. We talked about the Brahmas and the Renegades living in the in that teen range, and I'm thinking that this game is gonna live somewhere right in there too. So. I'm liking somewhere around, I don't know, 39, 40 total points, just you know, right in the high teens, low twenties. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna join you on both of those picks. Vegas plus six and a half, under 43 and a half. I think you hit it with Houston having a rough time uh, on offense. And I think a lot of that is to do with – we haven't spoken about it, but I think a lot of that is with the the loss of John Trey Kirkland that they had a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Huge. Uh, yep. Without him, this offense has been struggling. Uh, Brandon Silvers has kind of just been – he's been good, but not yeah. game-winning great. And I think Vegas offensively is doing all right. I think this is going to kind of be a, a sub-20-point game for both sides under 43 and a half and with that it's going to be a little bit close with vegas plus six and a half it it kind of almost like seeing silver struggle a little bit without um without his his top receiver kind of reminds me of like uh when we see brady lose mike evans or when we see like uh i don't even know who else to to compare him to like when joe burrow loses jamar chase for a couple weeks you know it like just look lost they look human your guy exactly your guy is gone and it makes you really re like when, when things break down, you don't have that safety blanket. So, and I think that's what we're seeing Silver's deal with a little bit, but lots to look forward to in that game. The next game that we got is uh, the guardians at the Brahmas, the guardians, I'm sorry, the Brahmas are the current favorites at minus one and a half. And the over under is set at 39 and a half. Um, obviously Vegas is expecting this to be a low scoring affair, which um, we've talked about a couple times already with the <laughs> the, the defensive juggernaut that is the Brahmas. 
uh, I, I'm struggling with this game a little bit. I'm I'm really not sure. Um, I think that the Brahmas being two and six is really kind of a, a, an indicator here. And I, I think I'm going to go with the Guardians plus one and a half. Um, uh, Quentin Dormady is just lighting. Uh, he's he's throwing the ball all over the place. And if we can see him chop down that five turnovers to I don't know even three or two, you know yeah. that that could that could be a touchdown difference or. Oh, excuse me, at this line, even a field goal difference. So I, I like plus one and a half for the Guardians, and I think I'm going to go ahead and take the over in this game. Uh, I expect to see the Brahmas stay true to their, uh, to their, you know, their however many points a game, 16, 17, 18 <laughs> points a game. But I could, I think we could see the Guardians put up in the 20 somewhere. So okay. um, that's, that's what I'm going with. I'll take the over. Um, I'm not exactly super confident about the 39 and a half line, but I'll go with the over. I'm going to take with you the Guardians plus one and a half. I think Orlando, I think, I mean, Brahma's play close football and yep. the Guardians like to play close too, whether it's in the 30s or it's in the, the teens. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think Dormady cleans it up a little bit to maybe keep them in the lead yep. potentially. And right, give me the plus one and a half. But I'm going to go with the under. I think the Brahma's offense is really struggling, uh, except on on the run. Um, but that's not going to score you a ton of points. I think this is going to be, again, another low-scoring game. Uh, it kind of has to be both teams under under sub-20 uh, or Brahma, or the Guardians come out and score 29. Go mm-hmm. for it, dudes. Uh, but I think it's going to be under. I think these two teams have pretty – okay defenses to kind of keep i mean brahmas have a great defense but the guardians are going to keep it lower too mm-hmm. so give me the under yeah it's it's the type of game where uh, like any football coach ever talks about when it's going to be a run heavy game yeah. um what we talk about on the brahma side it's going to limit possessions the clock's going to run so i don't feel great about my overpick here uh, i think this could go either way so i i like your pick equally here beautiful next game Arlington Renegades at DC Defenders. Defenders have a huge whopping spread, minus eight and a half. We saw what happened last time they were up here against the Guardians. Uh, they lost. Uh, defenders <laughs> are at minus eight and a half, uh, over under set at 41 and a half. This is, again, Arlington likes to play low scoring football. So mm-hmm. kind of drives the over under a little bit lower than what it probably would be. Right. With the spread so high. Well, these two teams have not have not met one another yet this season, which kind of gives me a little bit of pause because I don't really know what to expect in this game. Um, but eight and a half points is a, is a pretty healthy margin. We saw them lose by nine in week seven to the Sea Dragons. Um, man, I, I'm struggling with this one. But they, they really kind of hang in games. They either win by a low margin or don't lose by a ton. But you know what? I what's selling me right now is they lost by nine to the sea dragons. They lost by 13 to the, to the battle Hawks. And that's, that's kind of where I place the, the defenders being in there with the sea dragons, and the battle Hawks. So I'm going to take the defenders minus eight and a half. Um, I think they're going to space this game out a little bit and, and Arlington's going to have a hard time um, hanging, hanging tough here. As for the over under at 41 and a half, um, it's, it's a little high for a team that I don't think can score a lot of points, but you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and say 
give me the under. Give me the under. I, I think All the right. under is going to hit here. I, I think that the defenders will will get up into the twenties, but I don't think that the um, the Renegades are going to be able to put up enough points on the tough de- uh, tough DC defense to to push the over. So give me the under. I'll go under forty one and a half. Well, Zach, this is going to be three straight games where we have same spreads. I'm taking <laughs> DC minus eight and a half. I think DC's offense is rolling, and I don't see. Arlington's offense keeping up. Yeah. Uh, the defense might slow them down a little bit, but I don't think, I don't think by this much. I think a, a nine-point win is in the books for DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, I'm going to take the over, okay. over forty-one and a half. I, I think DC is just going to score, 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 and maybe the Renegades get one or two on them, and maybe three. But I, I think it's, I think it'll be. A little bit over 41 and a half. So give me over. All right. I Again, I, I think all of these over-unders are yeah. pretty well placed, and I think Very. they could go either way. So let's carry this into the last game here, which is the highest over-under for the week. The Sea Dragons are visiting the Battle Hawks. Um, we mentioned these two teams are jockeying for position, and the spread really does reflect that. It is only a one-point spread, yeah. and it is in the favor of the Battle Hawks right now. Um and I think this is going to be as close as a pick as it gets. I, think I wouldn't so be surprised if later in the week this becomes a 0. .5, 0.5 spread. Yep, agreed. And as it stands right now, I, I'm really just going to give the edge. I think these two teams are super, super even. I'm going to give the edge to the Battlehawks right now just because they are the home team. So I'm going to take the Battlehawks minus one. Um, I don't. I don't think that that point will really play a difference in this game. I, I know yeah. we've seen a couple super close games, but I don't think that that point is going to swing. If I mean, even if it is a point, it's just going to push. So um, <laughs> as for the over-under at 46, I'm going to go ahead and take the over. I think these two teams can both score. And I think we saw that last week with the, with the sea dragons. If they're going to, if they have to catch a team, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to hang tight. So so um, I, I think the over is gonna is gonna hit here. So give me over forty six. Give me Seattle plus one. All right. I feel good about the Sea Dragons. I think that loss last week to the DC coming down to the final seconds. Uh, I think it's gonna make them hungry for a win to stay alive in this playoff push. Yep. And I think, quite honestly, I feel like they thrive off of opposing uh, fans. So. You're in St. Louis. You've got the biggest crowd in XFL as you could possibly have. I think Seattle Seattle's going to thrive. They're going to have a fantastic game, but it's going to be a close one. I think this plus one, minus one spread is uh, right on line with what I would have picked uh, or what we've even thought because you go in, you think of this game, and you just know this is going to be a close one. So I'm, giving, I'm taking Seattle plus one, and I'm going to go over. I think it's just going to be – score after score after score uh these defenses aren't bad but i think these offenses are both great so i'm i'm expecting points yeah i think if there's a bet that i feel the best about this week i would say it's it's either the vipers plus six and a half or it's the over in in this game i I think that those two really feel pretty safe i i really like both of those two Mm -hmm. did you see they finally in the the team futures finally got rid of Vegas (laughs) Vegas <laughs> and the Guardians. I didn't see that. I guess they figured if another team got eliminated, they might as well get rid of the. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't want the Guardians to feel too bad last week. They said, <laughs> they said, "Oh, fine, all right, we'll do it." 
Yeah, I, I still, I don't know. I still like the odds on on the Sea Dragons. I mean, I know I, I picked them to lose, but <laughs> at five fifty, if they can get this win, I think they're going to have a ton of momentum. Yeah, I think that five fifty looks mighty fine, especially if they get this win this week. But obviously, I'm, I'm excited are... to see this. What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can finish. I was going to say, I'm just excited to see this battle between the Battle Hawks and the Sea Dragons. Absolutely. It's it's similar last week with the Defenders and the Sea Dragons. It's just good football. I was just going to say, I, I think at 120, 125, the Defenders are still far and away the favorite. They have half oh, yeah. the or double the odds of, of the next closest team to win the, the championship. Um, and, and at 7-1, and one, why, why doubt that, you know? Absolutely. They've been... Uh, Maybe not winning substantially to every game in every game, but at least showing that they are yep. the top team. Exactly. All right, Zach. So that was week nine. But gotta mention these picks. The pick'em, the XFL pick'em that Zach for some reason was too busy with Easter to, to make a few picks. I botched it. I you know what? I was sitting and I was thinking about it. My picks didn't save for anyone that's wondering what happened. And I, I think what happened was I didn't I didn't put in my parlay. I got through my picks and and I think I hit save and I guess live and learn you have to put in your parlay too. I was like, oh I'll come back to this in a little bit. And lo and behold, Easter weekend got me caught up and I never did. So I dropped out of first and I think I'm sitting in fourth or fifth place fourth place right now. So uh, I'm I'm coming back. Don't worry. Uh, I'm only 300 points behind. That's 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 easy. That's a week's work. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you say. <laughs> I uh, couldn't hear you from two spots behind me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. You you miss a you miss a week and I'm still behind you. I'm catching you. I just gotta. I have to have that big week. I, it's coming. I you sound it. like me in our uh, in our spread and and over under picks. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming for you. No, I am. Well. 500 points behind you. I think I can catch you. 500 footballs. We'll see. Coming we'll for see. You. But what we're talking about, XFL Pick'em. Uh, it's a weekly XFL Pick'em. But they are, it's not picking wins, not picking losses. It's just XFL conjures up 10 or actually 8, eight yeah. ran, random Pick'em options that you can pick over or under. And you wager up to 300 footballs. For example... One of this week's options are Brahma's punter, Brad Wing, leads the XFL in average yards per punt with 47.9, which would rank him in 13th in the NFL. Will Wing average over under 46 and a half yards per punt? See, you don't even have to know like <laughs> the rushing spread. You don't need to know the specifics. This nope. is a punting statistic. <laughs> and you can skip this if you wanted to. You can skip this one. You don't even have to wager it. It'll say, you sure you don't want to wager on that one? You don't mm -hmm. have to. But it's more fun if you do. Yep. But what we do, we have a league, an XFL weekly uh, league, which is just a bunch of – it's us and a bunch of listeners just kind of join together, make our weekly picks. And then what Zach was talking about, he's two picks ahead of me. He's two, pick, two spots ahead of me in the leaderboard, but I think he's in fourth and I'm in sixth uh and it's it's fun it's just something cool that we look at um, every week and we just trash talk each other every week right now we got joey tongs sitting pretty up in first yep with webtickets.com sitting in second and uncle squirrely what happened you were <laughs> looking great a few weeks ago it seems seems both zach and i have both caught you but 
either way, join. Link and code will be in the description. Uh, join. It's free. Yep. It's fun. It's something cool to do. We're up one uh, new person you. from last week too, Kyle. Let's let's see. Uh, let's set a keep target. Joining. Let's see if we can get to fifty. I think fifty is a good goal. That would that would make me 50. really happy. I think we need what nine more people to join. Nine let's more. Do yep. It. So, link in description. Link and code in the description. It's mm-hmm. free. You just join, make a few picks, have some fun. And then with Zach, with that Zach, I think that's it for the week. I think so, man. I it's. Great week, lots of lots of storylines to look forward to, and I love it. Four more games of football. That's that's really what matters at the end of the day. I mean, USFL starts this weekend, and I'll be tuning in. But my heart lies with the XFL. So agreed. I'm tuning agreed. in, watching XFL and USFL. But either way, we are XFL Weekly. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, XFL underscore tw- Weekly. Uh, find us on YouTube at XFL Weekly and any podcast platform, XFL Weekly. We basically are anywhere you look for memes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in, Zach. I'll see you next week. Later.